Over the past few years, there has been an interesting shift on YouTube in the way creators are branding their channels. If 10 to 15 years ago, being a YouTuber was just starting to catch on and creators were revealing anything and everything about themselves in a bid to gain a following through relatability, it feels like today, keeping the mystery on anything even remotely personal is becoming the new norm. More and more of this website's top performers are faceless. There seems to be an entire trend nowadays of not revealing that much of your personal life online and surprisingly, the less the audience knows, the more they seem to engage. Take Corpse Husband, for example. Highly influential creator with over 7 million subscribers. Dream with almost 20 million. The rapidly growing VTuber community. Something has clearly shifted in entertainment culture and it's very, very intriguing. So today I want to dive in on this topic and try to understand why exactly this is happening, but also what the future might hold for the creative industry as a whole. In a study conducted by Common Sense Media in 2019, it was found that most teenagers prefer to consume news content on YouTube rather than established news outlets because YouTubers appear to be more trustworthy. Similarly, and perhaps even more revealing, was a separate study finding that 4 out of 10 teens say that their favorite YouTubers understand them more than family and friends. That's right, 40% of teens are willing to place more trust in strangers on the internet rather than their own family. The issues here being self-evident. But here's the thing, this is not something new at all. In the 1950s, when television was rapidly gaining mass adoption and the first TV shows entered people's homes, sociologists were quick to point out the side effects of that on the human psyche. Donald Horton and Richard Wool wrote a paper in 1956 titled Mass Communication and Parasocial Interaction. They write, and I quote, One of the striking characteristics of the new mass media, radio, television, and the movies, is that they give the illusion of face-to-face -face relationship with the performer. We propose to call this a parasocial relationship. The interaction, characteristically, is one non-dialectical, controlled by the performer and not susceptible of mutual development. The performer can claim and achieve an intimacy with what are literally crowds of strangers, an intimacy which is extremely influential with and satisfying for the great numbers who willingly receive it and share in it. Now this was written in 1956, half a century before YouTube even existed, but the same words perfectly describe an audience's relationship to online creators today. What's more concerning this time around is that the parasocial relationship on YouTube is pushed much further than with television. If TV shows in the past were clearly one-sided, YouTube creates the perfect environment for simulating interaction, not to mention live streaming where the interaction happens in real time. So we see how the dividing lines between a creator and their audience are very much blurred nowadays if not entirely erased. This of course means there's a lot of responsibility that falls on the creator, but one aspect that tends to be overlooked in my opinion is the equal responsibility of the audience in respecting the creator's boundaries. <laughs> There's been many situations where fans turned up to creators' houses, sometimes even parents, who you'd think would know better, brought their kids to see their idols. The common argument in situations like this being, my kids are the ones who made you famous, so you better come out here and take a picture with them. Stalkers have consistently been an issue for some of the largest creators on the website, and it's no secret that female creators in particular have it a lot worse than men. For example, in 2019, some random guy showed up to a female YouTuber's home with a syringe and a dildo. When asked by the authorities, what in the hell he was planning, he simply said he wanted, and I quote, not to cause her physical harm, but to progress what he saw as their relationship. The Verge also covered the topic of audience entitlement, writing, because creators often earn money off of their fans through memberships, Patreon, and other cash avenues, there are fans who feel entitled to specific details about the lives of creators or even specific content. I mean, there's certainly a conversation to be had in regards to how much influence fans should have over the direction of a channel they're directly supporting, but when the content is 
is revolving around someone's personality, we're talking about a group of people feeling entitlement slash ownership over the creator's own person. There seems to be this inherent belief that because somebody has some level of fame, they no longer have the same right to privacy that everyone else is allowed. And by the way, we also see this with commentary videos. A mistake that I myself have made in the past was to think that because someone has a large following, it's okay to go in a little harsher on them. And quite frankly, if I were to remake a few of my older videos, I would certainly be more mindful of that. But as easy a concept as it may be in theory, for whatever reason, it's not immediately obvious when looking at a public figure that they're a regular person with hopes and fears just like everybody else. I think this is a big reason why we're seeing faceless creators pop up more and more. By not revealing their identity online and by creating a persona, they're able to take the mask off at any moment and blend in through a crowd or enjoy a night out without worrying who's watching them. If they build a brand separate to who they are in real life, personal attacks or in most extreme cases, harassment can never get to them. Not to mention, anonymity provides the added benefit that the viewer can project whatever they want onto the faceless creator. By being vague and elusive, someone like Corp's husband can draw in a much wider pool of potential fans because what they imagine him to be like, his looks, his interests, is equally valid. It's like Schrodinger's cat. If one fan believes Corp's husband likes pineapple pizza and the second one believes he doesn't, since the information will never be confirmed nor denied, both fans are right. And so neither one is turned off by the actual truth that he may not even like pizza at all. Whether that's intentional or not, it's actually pretty smart. One of the most common arguments brought against faceless YouTubers is, well, you're probably not showing your face because you're just ugly. And I think that has to be one of the most ridiculous things you could say to someone. As if somehow only pretty people are allowed to show their face online or be successful. That mentality is so outdated. And to be honest, I think it's very much rooted in envy. Here's what I mean by that. By just doing a quick search on YouTube, you can find tons and tons of advice videos on how to start a faceless channel, providing tips, comparing genres, going very much in depth on this topic. And none of these videos would exist, or at least not to the same extent, if there wasn't a huge demand for them. This suggests a large number of people would like to be in that position, to have a successful channel, but to also hold on to their privacy. So I think more and more this will become the norm. But what might be a convenient way of protecting one's identity might actually provide a glimpse into where the future of entertainment is headed. As we've already pointed out, audiences like to get involved in the content they consume. So there is a virtually untapped market for interactive content with fictional characters. The evolution of the VTuber community community very much proves that. These are essentially anime characters voiced by real people but entirely separate from the identity of the voice actor. The people who watch VTubers know the character isn't real but that doesn't make the interaction with them any less exciting. Furthermore, we already have legitimate celebrities, if you will, who draw huge crowds in concerts like Hatsune Miku. We have quote-unquote robots with millions of followers on Instagram like Lil Michaela. These faceless virtual influencers, if we can call them that, have entire teams of people behind them. They don't eat, they don't sleep, there's no longer a concern for privacy, and most importantly, they never experience burnout. And with the rapid evolution of augmented reality, it feels like this is the direction we're headed. Just look at Japan, they're always ahead of the game. Hatsune Miku was created in 2007 as an avatar for a voice synthesizer, and she has since exploded in popularity, becoming a legitimate marketing juggernaut. She's got merch, she appears on billboards, she's been in a commercial with Scarlett Johansson, and in 2020 she was set to perform at Coachella before the lockdown. So faceless YouTubers might just represent the beginning of a larger phenomenon. I can easily imagine a not-so-distant future, maybe 10 or 20 years from now, where faceless will no longer be the exception. Not just on YouTube, but in the entertainment industry as a whole. But I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. How important is it for you to be able to relate to the person you're watching? And would you feel comfortable if most celebrities would one day not even be real people? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. As always, thank you for watching, and we'll see you again very soon.